Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Robbie talking about the sermon from February 28th, 2021. So I don't know if you know this, but I'm known as something of a woodsman. Are you now? Something of one. Okay. What kind of one? I mean, I, I'd say I'm novice. All right. I've been practicing. So I have this, I, when, since moving to Wisconsin, I thought, like, what is, what's the thing up here? And I see all these guys, I, I've said before that this area of Wisconsin, this is where you want to be if everything collapses. Because you're surrounded by a lot of people who don't want to bother you and who have a lot of survival skills. Yeah. So valid. So I I feel like I'd have some time to figure things out. Whereas like yeah. if you're in a, you know, far enough from a metropolitan area right. that we've got some got some time to see how stuff plays out there before it makes it up north. Right. It's I'm good. not I'm not getting overthrown in the first no, 30 minutes of this thing. But then they're they're friendly, so I can, you know, make some friends and uh and learn some more you know, some of those skills. So I'm trying to practice some of those skills. So I've always said that if that happens, I'm like the most useless person out there. Right. Which is a problem in the, in the post-apocalyptic world, because all of those friendly survivalists really only want you around if you bring something to the table. Right. Now, the one hope I have is that they would be practical, right. They'd be afraid to harm like someone in the ministry. So you do get that in those post-apocalyptic scenarios where you get like the preacher or the the pastor who just gets kind of walk around after them, and then eventually he picks up on enough skills, and he usually does something, you know, some at some point steps up. Yeah. So I feel like that would be me. Okay. But I've been practicing, and I uh, last night I went out with just a knife and um, a ferro rod to try to start a fire. With nothing, no no fire starter, no cut wood, no nothing. Just saying, can I could I go out in the woods and start a fire with a knife and a ferro rod? How'd it go? I lost. Mm. If it was Oregon Trail, I would have died of hypothermia. Mm. I came back in finally, but I got close. Did you make a feather stick? I did, I did not make a feather stick. Yeah, I, step one. I probably should have. No, I mean I got sparks on there, and I got I got it going a little bit, but I think the wood was a little wet. I I picked wood that was too green. I think that was my. I think wood selection mm. was my problem, and I didn't get enough tinder in there. You might be a little too green. I well clearly, but I I came in and I I had to finally admit defeat. The sun was going down, and I thought I and I could, all I could think of was playing Oregon Trail as a kid. Right. And you know those big decisions, and I and I was creating those scenarios in my head because in Oregon Trail you'd be left with this decision: like, do you want to, do you want to eat the pet dog, or do you want to keep hunting? Right. Um, I don't think that was one. Was that I one? Don't, I don't recall one of the options being go back inside to central heating and electric light. No, but I was thinking, I was thinking, well, at what point here do I cut bait and <laughs> say, or do I curl up out here uh, and just? accept my defeat like a man and freeze to death out here. And I decided I probably have more things that God wants me to do here, so I thought I'd go inside. That feels like the right decision. It did. I mean, at the time, you can understand why I made it. But I I was excited that I did I did master the ferro rod. I pretty I I got lots of sparks coming off that thing. And uh so I feel like if I had the right tinder, okay, we'd be going be on strong. So, I got flashbacks to Castaway, and you you sitting on the beach yes. frantically trying to get some tinder to spark while talking to an inanimate object, dude. Slash arguing with said inanimate object. Here's the thing: if I'm Tom Hanks in that movie, I begin with creating an imaginary friend. Of course, volleyball. So like, who? Uh, you can't tell me you weren't talking to yourself out there as oh, you were yeah. doing this. Yeah, I'm talking to yeah. I'm I'm processing all of this. This this whole battle inside of my head. And then here's the problem. Part of my brain goes off into La La Land where I'm trying I'm like I need full attention here. 
I need full attention to figure so, out what I'm going to do. But so I got, what are you getting distracted by while you're out there trying dude, to practice surviving? All kinds of things. Like, oh, the sun's going down. Like, that's weird. I wonder what time that sets. And like, oh, I like sunsets. I remember sunsets in Denver. <laughs> Those were a lot nicer. And, you know, because you have the big sky and all the weird colors. And, and then I, yeah, that's stuff. And I'm like, hey, hey, focus, fire. There's a fire <laughs> that we're trying to build here. So good. Yeah. So when they when they find you frozen to death, I'd be like, it appears that he was chasing a squirrel at some point. There would, be, there would definitely be a chance of that. And and God help us all, quite literally, if I have a journal in hand and you can actually see those thoughts. This oh, guy that would be that would be some good reading. And then it would be like I was fifteen feet from a shelter, with like a fully stocked, like a McDonald's. I'd be like fifteen feet from a McDonald's, but. I, yeah, this is part of my issue as a, as a woodsman. The good news about that though, is I'm easily distracted from the, the intensity of the moment. That is true. That is true. So you, you're less likely to be freaking out Yeah. because you won't necessarily be paying attention to the reality of your situation. Yes. Okay. There's, there's a chance of that. That's so, good. Look, all I'm saying next time I got to get a little farther. I, I got fire started. I just need, now I need to actually Get it to blossom, flourish, if you will. All right. So there you go. Um, well, which, speaking of survival. Right. This rather reminds me of the topic for this weekend. Of not fasting. eating. Right. Well, not that part. Oh. No, but the part of... So there there was a connection. Can I tell you the connection? I'd love to hear it. Here's the connection. I, I do... I would love to get to a place where I could just take a tarp and a few things and go out in the woods and and spend a night, you know, or two or, or, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing it thinking I'm going to survive because let's be real. I'm yeah. I'm not long for this world. If the, that apocalyptic scene ever happens, but I think I could have a really enjoyable few nights first few nights. And that's, that's what I want to get to. But what I faced with was I, what I was faced with last night was that I bit off more than I could chew. Yeah. And if I had, if I had, decided that the whole goal was to completely start the fire and have this big roaring fire, then I would have come in as a failure and it would have been really discouraging and miserable. Hmm. And I see that happen with fasting. So we talked about fasting this past weekend. And I think that one of the reasons why, and with a lot of these disciplines, really, you're going to be talking about silence and solitude. I think one of the reasons why it can be discouraging is we just set the bar too high when we aren't trained for it. And we, and then we end up feeling really discouraged. And, you know, we, we drew the parallel to running a marathon. And if you started training at the marathon by saying you're going to go run a 10 K, it's going to be miserable. Right. And, and the important thing is not only are you probably going to fail at it, but even whether you fail or succeed at it, you are guaranteed to hate it. If you haven't run at all, and you just go out and say, I'm going to run a 10K, you're going to hate that experience. Right. And if Even you if hate you just it, walk the whole thing, yeah. it's still going to be miserable. <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to be miserable. And if you hate it, you're not going to want to do it again. And I see that happen with fasting where people think like, okay, well, the, the only legitimate way to do this is I got I to gotta go like a couple of days. I got to go at least, you know, at least, you know, a full day. And I can't drink anything. I can't do it. And so you set all these rules on yourself, and then it's it's miserable. Yeah. And then you don't ever want to do it again. I know that's been part of my background. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. No, I think it's definitely the case. Like we get we get all pumped up. You know, maybe you hear a message like this, and you think, ah, oh, that is that is so something that I want to do. I'm in a context right now where I think that would be really spiritually beneficial. And so, let's see, I've never done this before. What should I do? I know I'm going to do a Jesus-style 40-day water-only fast. Go. And then you get like an hour past lunch and you feel like, nuts to this. This is the worst. And then you go eat a sandwich and then you feel like, you do feel like the worst because you set this, quite frankly, impossibly high goal that you were not prepared for and then not only was that not spiritually beneficial, but now I feel super guilty and discouraged on top of it. Yeah, and I think another thing that pops into my head with that is is motivation. So 
if you if you want to like when I think about starting that fire, had had my family's survival been dependent on me right. getting that right. fire started, I think I would have eventually gotten it done. A little more motivated, yeah. Yeah. But at some point you're just like, they're cooking dinner, they're inside, it's warm. I'm just gonna go in. And I think that's what I was trying to get across this weekend. It's not that you it's not that it's wrong to try to fast without that kind of motivation, but it does matter. And that was one of the big points I wanted to try to get across. I don't know if it if I succeeded or not, but was that if if you are desperate, if fasting is what you do in response to the desperation that you are feeling to either express sorrow or grief or repentance or to seek God's um, God's will in something, then you're not going to be focused on what you're giving up. You're right. going to be focused on on seeking Him, and then then you're not going to be you're not going to be worried about all of those other things. It's not going to those aren't going to come into your head, and and you're going to be much more motivated to keep going in that um, rather than if you're just trying to go from like a standstill, which is like me going out and trying to build a fire when there's no real purpose, like. There's no purpose at all. It was just practicing. That's right. I was just going to go out and try it, and um, and so I think I think motivation is a major piece of this. And I don't know what you think about that because this is an area where you and I, you and I have had very different experiences with fasting, and um, and very different, often even different understandings of of you know hmm. some of the finer details of it. And so I'm curious what you what you thought about that motivation piece. No, I I think that that's that's a huge piece of it. And and to your to your earlier point about practice and not immediately biting off more than you can chew, I think that we can we can forget that that in the context of the early church, this was not an this was not unpracticed. Right? This was something that was already a part of their daily rhythm as as first century Jews. And so it's not like like they became Christians and the next day were like now we're gonna do this gung ho fasting thing like that was already a part of their rhythm so much so that Jesus at one point is criticized by the religious leaders that his disciples are not fasting because that was such a part of Jewish religious life that that it was weird when they were not fasting so so it's important for us to remember as we're easing into this that when we look back at that and go, wow, you know, it's by like the, you know, fourth chapter of Acts, there's a, the first mention, they must have started right away. Well, no, that was something that they were already doing. They actually kind of take a break from it while Jesus is there, because Jesus says, look, while I'm here, you don't, you don't fast because I'm here, because part of fasting is wishing you had more of me and I'm here. So, but then when I go, then they will fast again. And so then they just kind of step back into something that was already more of a regular rhythm for them. So we need to give ourselves a little grace in that and say, if that has not been a part of the regular rhythm of our life, that how, how can we practically ease into that? See, and I think that's where, that's where I think you and I have some, have different views on it because I would say that I, I don't know how much of a regular rhythm it is supposed to be or the assumption would be that it is. I think that they it was for them, for the religious folks, but those were those were man-made laws mm -hmm. that they came up with as a way of demonstrating their piety or their righteousness. And when Paul, you know, when they come back and they say, okay, all these Gentiles are are coming to Christ, like, what do we have them do? Like, what should, what laws should they obey, basically? Like, what else do they need to do? And you get that strange passage of like, well, don't eat, don't eat this kind of meat and, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, don't eat anything strangled. Don't eat, right, don't eat anything strangled. And, uh, you know, basically, and, and care for the poor, which they were already wanting to do. So I, I think... I think that there was a, a huge detox of all these things. I think that there is, especially for the disciples, I think you're all the things like the hand washing and um, it's never mentioned again. Like fasting is never mentioned outside of Acts in the New Testament, uh, Acts in the Gospels. So none of the epistles mention it. And I think 
I think this is one of those things where I do think that Jesus expected that we would do it. I do think that it is a is a good thing to do, but I don't know that it was an established rhythm. And are you are you equating established rhythm with law? I'm just as in like regular based on time. So when I talked about that in the sermon of the difference between regular versus time versus yeah. I I would say I land on the side where I don't think that it was a regular as far as time goes. I think it was regular as in a go-to expression. Okay. That's then that is uh, I suppose where we would yeah. differ. Look at that. That's what's fun. Look at that. Um this is this is going to be a uh a little falderall here, if you will. We'll come to fisticuffs over this very serious <laughs> disagreement. Um, I, no, I can't even pretend like I'm no. disappointed. Um, so wh- where I, I would love to, to tease that out a little bit. For, for me, I don't view it as, um, as prescribed as much as beneficial in the same way sure. that I would look at solitude is not something that, that is um, specifically, explicitly commanded in scripture as much as it is demonstrated by Jesus as a beneficial practice. And so um, it certainly is not law in the way that uh, the first century Jew would understand this is a fasting season and it is therefore law. If you are not fasting in the season, you are breaking, you are breaking Torah law or at least rabbinical law. Um, that is not the case at all. It's simply, um, if God has given me access to to this rhythm, to this practice that that centers me on him, that is a practical habit that helps release my grip on temporal things, physical things, things of the earth, and, and helps me to fix my eyes on him and set my mind on things above, then... I want to do that, and I want to make that a regular part of my life. But I'm, I'm perfectly content in doing that in a way where I don't feel like you are uh, less of a Christian or that you're somehow breaking some biblical law by not doing that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, yes, and I and I agree with like seventy five percent of that. Fire away. Just dismantle what you disagree with. <laughs> well, I think, well, no, I would rather say what I agree with because I think that that is. That's not as fun. I know, but that's what, that's. That's not what the people want, Jay. I know. I, know. I feel like, so if you guys don't know, like if you're listening to this and you're wondering uh, what, what in the world's going on, we did, we've said before that, hey, if we disagree with each other, we should, we should say that. And in doing so, we can model like, what does it look like? How do we wrestle through these things when we have kind of different understandings of something? The problem is often that Robbie and I agree on many. Most of the things. Most of the things and certainly all the major things. All the things that matter. Yeah, all the major things. We are in lockstep agreement um, along with many other people. But there are these few like kind of fringe things that – and so what I and I think one of the things is when you find that you kind of are disagreeing with somebody, one of the first things that you want to do is find what you have in common. That's right. And and what we have in common is we we both agree that it is not it's not a new law. Correct. It's not a thing that God um, commands us to do in the same way that He commands us. There are other commands that are given that are expected that. If you if you are a follower of Jesus, you will do these things. And if you don't do these things, then that's demonstrating that maybe you're not following Jesus. Um, would you agree with that? I would agree. Okay. And so fasting doesn't fall into that. It no. falls into the category of a a practice that develops intimacy with with Christ you know, through the Holy Spirit. Correct. And and so we agree on on that. I think what I, where I always struggle with it is it's still that term regular. So even, even when you mentioned solitude, Jesus withdrew regularly. Like it is, there's a, there's a pattern there that, um, where it leads us to believe that this was something he did consistently. And so I would say that solitude is something 
that even even if I don't want to do it, it is good for me to do. And I don't see, um, I see fasting as more of a responsive thing. And, and the parallel I would okay. draw is that we are called to, for example, we're called to lift holy hands. You see that in the Old Testament. You also see people raising hands in, um, and, and we say that in worship. Like, I, I want to, I, I think, when, I remember the first time growing up that I, I actually lifted hands while I was singing. And I felt, felt really weird. Yeah. But it also was this incredible freeing moment. But the reason it was freeing was because it was it was my body wanted to join in with the worship. And at that mm-hmm. point in my life, I didn't have a frame of reference for how to do that. Yeah. I didn't know. I knew how to. The only thing I knew for my body to join in worship was to sing. But other than that, I, my heart would be inclined. My mind would be engaged. I'd be lifting up my voice. But my, it's like my body was saying, I want in on this too. I want to be a part of this too. And, and I, I remember lifting up my hands and it felt like crusty shell falling off of my shoulders (laughs) and my arms. And I was just like, ah, and, and so I think that it is a, it's a wonderful expression to physically participate in worship along with the other parts that we typically think of in worship and and it's it's that so i would i would agree that it is a that fasting is a really helpful thing i think it's something that every christian should uh should consider and should understand and should and should try to do um in, in the same way that i would say when somebody said if somebody said to me after sunday morning uh you know i just felt so moved by the by the worship like i just i just wanted to jump you know for for joy. I just wanted to, I just felt like I was going to jump out of my seat or jump out of my, you know, out of my row. And I would just say like, well, try lifting your hands. Yeah. Like next time that happens, lift your hands, like know that that's kind of in your toolbox, that this is a beautiful expression of worship to our God. Um, As opposed to thinking that lifting my hands is going to manufacture those emotions or somehow create those emotions. Correct. So that's the slight, and it is a slight. I mean, like, holy cow, we are so nitpicking here on this. Like, we, we're really we got to dig really this reaching. this deep to try to find a <laughs> to a find something disagreement. we disagree on because we we don't even disagree on the major principles about fasting. Right. It's just that question of is it is it to be a regular, as in like a weekly thing or uh you know whatever the case is, or is it meant to be just responsive I, I would say that's probably where it is do you think yeah i think so i because i don't even disagree that it's that it should be responsive right. i would just add i think it should also it, it can also be regular i certainly don't think there's anything that would in scripture that would lead me to believe that it is bad for it to be regular there's no command against doing it regularly um and and i have found deep spiritual uh for me health in in doing it that way and so like we have uh in our in our household we have kind of regular rhythms of what that looks like a weekly rhythm of things that we go without on certain days and um and it's not just food you know sometimes it's you know some we have a day where we we fast from technology and so we don't have any screen time on that on that day like the phone is off and and we we kind of put fences around that day not because um, because I think that's law or because we think that uh, that makes us a, a better or more holy in a, in a self-righteous sort of way, but because uh, for us, we, we have a conviction that that idea of Colossians 3 saying, set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. Um, I'm just not good at that without putting up some some hard fences every now and again. I, I need to basically say, I'm simply not going to allow myself to turn this on because I don't trust myself to not check my email 25 times once it's on. And so I'm just going to turn it off and I'm going to set it aside and I'm going to, and I'm going to have a day where it's off. And, and then that releases my mind from that distraction and, and 
in a sense frees it up to be able to to more fully fixate on what I wish I was fixating on more often throughout the day. So there are a couple different ways of fasting too. So there's certainly just when you think about our own lives, I use the example of me talking with Lauren that there it depends on what your focus is. So there are times where I'm we're going without food because we have to deal with something together. Correct. And then there are times where we might kind of detox from things that we think are unhelpful. Precisely. Food, which is more like a cleanse, um, which fasting is a part of that. So so I'm not quibbling over the definitions of these things. I'm just, these are categories in my mind. And that is a completely different purpose and something that then I, I could get on board with saying that's a good regular rhythm. Because when you talk about unplugging from technology, for an example, for example, I see that as like a detox or a reorientation like so i'm going to go without this thing to just to reorient myself around the things um like as a general cleansing or reorientation which is reboot which is different than saying i am so grieved right now that i need to i'm gonna i'm gonna turn off my phone i'm gonna turn off like so i'm thinking the same thing with technology that like i just i have this deep crying out to God, like I'm, I'm shutting off my phone. I'm shutting off everything. Cause I, I can't handle anything else coming into this right now. Right. That and is responsive. That's that not planned. Right. If that's planned. That's super weird. Right. right. So on Thursday at 3 PM, I'm going to have a deep soul crushing need for Jesus. And so I'm going to schedule, uh, to not have lunch that day. Like that's super weird. Right. So, but here's what I would say then. I don't know what you'd think about this, but I, the thing about fasting in that situation, though, is that it's, I would say that the dep- deprivation of something that is core to what you need is is that responsive thing. And so I could totally see saying, hey, one day a week, I don't eat, I don't eat any sugar or salt. And I just eat what I need to um, to sustain, to sustain myself for the day, to reorient myself around. Yeah what actually matters. Right. Because I agree, like when you start expanding it beyond food, yes, we also unplug. You know, we it's important to have those planned regular times where you are disc you're unplugging from from things that often serve as a, a distraction or as an idol or as a source of fulfillment. Yeah. And so if you go a day and you just eat like beans and rice with no seasoning that takes away that kind of unplugs you from seeking your fulfillment or enjoyment or entertainment in how things taste or in these things that you love to eat. And then there's a time to then re-engage in those things and and enjoy them as a gift. And uh, it kind of reorients you in that way. So I, I kind of, I mean, I like, I like that distinguishing and, and, just to wrap a bow on that thought and let you kind of respond to it. I wouldn't say then that it's wrong if someone says, yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about, which is what you're talking about. I certainly would not say that's wrong for somebody to say, yeah. And I do that by fasting for, you know, for the day or for two meals or whatever the case is. I just don't eat anything. I just drink water during that time. And that reorients me um, around seeking this better thing. I think that's great. I would just say, that doesn't, it, it doesn't have to look like that. And and you're definitely not saying that, but I would put that in a, a different category of fasting, which in fairness, we have biblically. So even in the old Testament, most of the examples of fasting we have in scripture, just declarative ones, especially early on are, are responsive. The planned ones are like day of atonement. So it's not, there's still that debate. It grew into, I definitely think you can make the argument that it grew into this regular habit. But as far as what God commands, it was it was basically day of atonement and then and then responsive. The only other time that I can think of him commanding it was in Joel where, but it wasn't a it, fasting wasn't the command. It was turning to him and he was describing what that would look like if they turned to him there so that okay so 
I might push back on that just a I little bit. I figured you would. Uh, I was. I didn't want to. We were going too. We were going too down the road of. Oh, we've reached an understanding. Now I, I have to like. You got to provoke me again. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that it's that. I would agree that it's quite that limited in the Old Testament. I mean, I I think, I think Isaiah fifty eight is a is a. Paints a picture of a more regular. Uh, like fast as a pursuit of God because his his critique of them in that is like you're doing this to pursue me but you're doing this in such a selfish way that that's why I'm not I'm not hearing it from you right so I'm not I'm not receiving that like they they respond um, uh, you know why why have we fasted and you do not see right we have humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it and and Jesus response is basically like you guys are doing this for your own pleasure like you're you're doing yes. this ultimately to to try to get what you want, but then he doesn't say don't do it. He he points to I would argue a greater purpose in fasting and what basically what you what you, how you defined the idea of going without is not like going without is not the end. It is it is we replace the lesser thing with the greater thing with with an intentionality in there, and so it's not just. I'm not eating. It's I'm doing this better thing instead of eating. So I'm not going to just continue today in my mindless routine of going about my day like I always do. I'm going to do something more specific in this, something more intentional. And and God says like, hey, you guys are doing this thing. And and as you pointed out in, in your sermon, that, that broken idea of fasting of if I do this, this somehow forces God's hand that he now has to respond to me. He is now indebted to me in this kind of quid pro quo, like I did my part, now you need to do your part. Um, and God's response to that is, what, what are you, joking? Like, who? do you forget who I am and who you are? Like, you don't do things that in that, that make me indebted to you, especially when you're you're doing them seeking your own pleasure and then in like one of my favorite passages in Isaiah he goes he goes on and I'll, I'll actually read it because it's not wise for me to paraphrase um he says is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness to let the oppressed go free and to break the yoke is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house and when you see the naked to cover him uh, and then it just goes on and on with this amazing, you know, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, like he ties it to this, this very like beautiful picture of like the, the purpose is supposed to be to go without in order to pursue the better. So it's not just, I don't, I don't gorge myself on what's in my fridge for a day. But tomorrow, I totally will. It's it's. I'm not going to eat that today because instead, I'm going to give that same food to somebody else. I'm not going to seek pleasure in this thing today because instead, I'm going to seek my pleasure in Christ. And and so I like to to me that is the the regular like the there's the responsive aspect that I thought you did a really fantastic job unpacking on Sunday, and then the pursuit aspect is. Um, is how can I delight even more in Christ? What is the thing that right now I'm just doing out of mindless habit that I can infuse with intentional meaning in in a pursuit of Jesus, not so that I can get something from him other than just him? I don't know if any of that made sense. It does, and, and I think it, it's good. I It's so interesting you point out Isaiah 58, where I see that it's this is so good because Isaiah 58 I feel like backs up everything you just said there I would say yeah that's why I think fasting is responsive and because but but I see what you're saying and I think what what you're saying may may be right in that he that the whole thing is they're saying look we we're doing the things and so both of us are in full agreement that fasting going through the motions with fasting and think that the act of fasting is pleasing to God or somehow spiritually beneficial is is wrong. Like we both would say that there's there's no value in just going through the motions yeah. and thinking that this thing I'm doing 
like by denying myself this, that that will in and of itself produce something good in me. Um, and so in a sense, we're in a sense that that responsive thing it can be regular. And that was part of my, my point on Sunday. But the whole idea is they're, they're saying like, you, you don't see us like we're doing, we're doing the things you're telling us to do. And the response is, yeah, but you're, you're doing it wrong because you think it's in the doing of it. But he says, when he says that about, is this not the fast that I desire that, that it's fasting from oppression. It's fat. It's, it's all these different things that are saying, look, you, you think it's about this activity that you do by giving up food, but that's not actually, that's not what I want from you. That's not what it's meant to be about. And I think even, I just, every time I get in that, I can't, I can't get away from the responsiveness from that. Like if you, if you, if your fasting was coming out of your grief over injustice or your desire to see the hungry fed or, you know, any of these things, then it would be pleasing to God. But but it's it's not it's it's set apart and it's this other thing that you do in your self righteousness which makes it doubly heinous, and and so I would I still would argue that even in that and even when you have a fasting day like when they have these planned fasts and certainly on the day of atonement like this is obviously repentance and and grief like there's a there's a somberness that comes with fasting, and and so even like even the regularness the regularity of it which is a better word than regularness agreed the the regularity like something else we agree on um is found in the fact that we should like i look at it and say if i'm not fasting regularly then okay am i actually am i pursuing christ in a way like why is that not happening it'd be similar again going back to the worship example that you don't have to raise your hands to worship god but I would say if if you're never moved to do that, then I would I would just ask I would ask questions like are you experiencing like do you ever right do you ever are you ever moved in this way when you're worshiping God? Um and if not, then like I, I think our, our softness and our sensitivity to these to these issues, to you know, oppression and injustice and, and hunger and these things that he's talking about in Isaiah should be so that that we are moved at times to to fast, and if that becomes regular based on time, uh, then great. But that is a different thing, I think, than the whole detox and reorientation. I I think I would I would say that Isaiah fifty eight is the responsive, is like saying don't do the regular, do the responsive, but. That is not. That is certainly not black and white. And and I agree with you one hundred percent. If by responsive you mean in my response to my desire to deepen my dependence on the Triune God and demonstrate His gospel to others, I will do this regular activity. Then we're in complete agreement. <laughs> well, yeah, I there is. Certain, I guess you, I, there I mean, is like you can't, I know you can't be saying like this isn't something that I intentionally pursue. I only wait until like a poor person is actually knocking on my door, and then I respond by in this way. Like, I mean, no, that I know you would no. agree. Like, I, I'm I'm pursue. I'm looking for opportunities to do this. Like, his problem is like. It is like this is all around you right now and you're not looking for you're not you're too yes. busy focusing on your own self-exaltation and your own desires in this and not seeing that the purpose of this is so that you would demonstrate in your pursuit of me a pursuit of my image bearers to to care for them and meet their needs um so like i'm responding to to god's love for me in an outpouring of love for him and others and and part of that is making sure that i'm intentional in in uh creating a rhythm that puts me in a position where i'm i'm doing this regularly yes doing the caring for the the poor and the burdened and the oppressed correct not the fasting that's, well, but if that's part of my means of doing that, then yes, because a part of my my ability to care for those people is that I go without so that I have the financial means in order to help them, then 
that would be part of the mean. Again, the fa- arguing the fast is not the end in and of itself. It's simply one of the means. Sure. If that is the case, that would then that would be in the the spiritual like that we're going to be talking about here in a couple of weeks on sacrifice. Yeah. That's different than fasting, though. And I think fasting. So then, if we're just defining it loosely as going without food, I would say that that's sacrifice. That if you're saying in order for me to feed this hungry person, I have to go without because otherwise I don't have enough. I don't have enough for both of us, so I'm going to go without so they have it. Then that that becomes like the good version of sacrifice, the redeemed version of sacrifice. And I, um, I think, I think that is awesome. And I think that, but I, I think that what is being pointed out here is that the regular things that they're doing are these religious activities that are bearing no fruit. And he's, I think what he's saying is that you want to do a regular religious activity, then loose the bonds of the wickedness of wickedness undo the straps of the yoke to let the oppressed go free like do that regularly let that be your your regular rhythmic offering to god is to do justice and love mercy and then fasting is a response that comes out of those pursuits not one that not something that creates or or is the catalyst for those pursuits well and the beauty of this is as we said on the outset, like this isn't this isn't prescribed law, and so nope. the the encouragement in this is whatever you do, whether you eat or whether you withhold, do right. all to the glory of God. So wh- one thing that I that I do want to, if we could if we could wrap up, I I don't want to um, because you and I could could continue to we go could. on and on because this is we love this we love teasing this out this is one of the ways that we learn and grow is bouncing these ideas off and, and challenging one another to help to help round out our understanding of things what i don't want to do is split so many hairs that that somebody who walked away from your message on sunday feeling like i feel really encouraged by this and really convicted and i feel like the spirit is urging me to fast over this thing to get to the end of this and go well, am I supposed to fast or not? Like, maybe it's sin if I fast. Maybe I'm doing it for the wrong reason. And But so to the person who just said, okay, I like I walk away from Sunday and feel like that really helped clarify some things because I, I interacted with several people for whom that was the case. Say that person says, like, regardless of what Robbie and Jay think about the nuances of this thing, right. I feel a conviction that I need to do this, but I don't even know where to start. What, what's the counsel you give to that person to say, step one, here's a great place to start? So even by way, I mean, the, the first thing that I would say is that, like you said, that whatever you do, or like Paul said, do do for the glory of God. So yeah, I there plagiarized is, that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> That's a good thing to plagiarize. Um, I... I think that can't be said enough that I hope what people hear, and this is part of the reason why I kind of threw this out there and baited it a little bit, is because I thought maybe your perspective would be helpful for some who walked away, especially people who have wanted it to be more regular or have made it more regular. Hopefully they would see, okay, that's that's not that's not sin. That's not wrong to, to do that. Um, but also hopefully that you would see in this conversation that we're having that the answer, the goal isn't to figure out what is the truth about like the specifics of fasting. This goes back again to the idea of like pursuing truth. Like, yes, we want to pursue truth in that, but truth in this is not defined by how often you do it or in what way or or what it what it looks like in that sense. Truth is defined that we are we are seeking God in spirit and in truth. We are worshiping him in spirit and in truth, which is a a heart that is bent towards seeking God and his will and and to abide in him. So that's like that's step 1 is regardless of whether you whether you say I'm going to try to do this like every Tuesday morning I'm going to fast and I'm going to I'm going to seek God in this or the next time I feel this this kind of stirring, I'm going to respond by with fasting. Whatever you do, do it to glorify God and to seek God, not yeah. not to not to check a box, um, not not to 
not to demonstrate your worthiness or your spiritual maturity, but do it to seek God. And in that, you're you're going to be fine. And so, um, so the, then practically, I I would say just if it's something that you want to do, I would say get up early in the morning and skip breakfast. Like just fast from breakfast. Just get up um, and and spend a a dedicated time in in prayer in seeking God in in his word responding to him and just just do that or then, you could do that with lunch you could do it like if you have a lunch break just instead of spending that lunch break eating lunch go and withdraw and and pray and read like go out to your car in the parking lot or whatever or um, like here would be an example like maybe maybe you feel burdened I've had several people burdened for people in their workplace that they want to share the gospel. They want to have opportunities to do that. And so maybe what you say is is in your burden that you say, okay, people gather in this the cafeteria for lunch. I'm going to fast. I'm not going to eat during lunch. I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to seek God to say, who, who do you want me? If you want me to go and talk to somebody about you, show me. Just start small. Just do one thing and... And, and fast and take that time that you would have spent eating and turn that attention fully, like your your heart, your soul, your mind, your body, completely turn that towards God. And and I would add to that, not just that moment, but the, the ripple effect, right? Because if, yes. you, if you're used to eating an omelet every morning and you skip that, you're going to be hungry at, at 10 a.m., yep. right? Ooh, it's, yeah. That's going to hit. And, and rather than feeling annoyed or irritated by that make as scripture encourages us make the best use of the time and and use that what i'll often do is you know as soon as i start getting hungry that's kind of like my little alarm clock to just to take a second and pray and just like use that as a reminder to to pray again and and oftentimes it'll be god thank you thank you that i can that i can like i'm only hungry when i choose to be hungry like, thank you that you have blessed me in such a way that I'm not hungry because I have to be hungry, but because, like, you provide so that I eat without even thinking about it. Like, that is just an extraordinary aspect of your provision. Um, and, and God, for those who aren't, for those who can't choose to fast because they have to, because they can't afford food or whatever, like, make yourself evident to them today. Like, it, it, can, it can be about that thing that you're wrestling about or just a, another opportunity, a reminder to express gratitude for all the ways that our Father provides our most basic needs. I think that's that's good. And I would say that, you know, one thing that you could do that could be helpful is take, take a three by five index card and write down a reminder of what is it that you are seeking yeah. and what is it you're, is this, are you fasting as a way of reminding yourself of how God provides. Like maybe you're in a season where you've been questioning God's provision. You've been questioning, does he, um, am I missing out on something? Because I, I feel like he's, other people are experiencing things that I'm not. So I feel like I'm missing out and you need to be reminded of his good provision. Well, fasting is a great way to do that and write on an index card, remember God's provision. And so every time, like, yeah, I think that's so great, Robbie, like that alarm clock, um, idea that every time that you get that hunger pain in you, you look at the index card and say, yes, this is my alarm clock, a reminder to do this, which is what those fasts were for sure. In like oh. the day of atonement, for example, certainly, um, it's a time to say, we are, we are doing this to remember this, that our need for God's forgiveness and our repentance. And so, as you feel this hunger, remember this thing. So it could be, um, it, it could be to use that example earlier when you're saying, I, I want, I want God to use me in declaring his glory to, to people who don't know him. And so it could be a reminder every time that, that hunger alarm clock goes off, you have that written on an index card, like pray, you know, pray for your coworkers. You know, or or you're going through. I use the example of you're going through something with a child that is grievous for you. Then remind yourself of that. Let that be that reminder. Or 
it could be like you said, Robbie, just a, a more general seeking just of God and just saying every time that happens, I'm, I'm just going to spend that time in prayer and, um, any of those things. It, it, I just, I know that for me, as we already covered, my mind tends to wander a lot. And so it can be really helpful when I'm doing this saying, I am, I'm fasting for this specific purpose. And that specific purpose could be anything. Like it, it, it is not, it, it's not only in um, certain, like it's not only in these specific requests. It could be just, I want to be reminded of God's goodness. I'm going to be reminded of his provision. I want to be, I want to grieve over um, some particular injustice that is happening. And so I'm going to use that. So I I would encourage people to be purposeful, at least in that way to, um, especially if you're the type of person who tends to wander a lot. If you're not, and, and you can handle organizing those thoughts in your head, then by all means do it. But as a general help, if you're a person who tends to find that your mind wanders and you get a little erratic like I I tend to do then I can find that that writing something down and saying no this day that I'm fasting this is my specific focus and every time this happens I'm going to pray I'm going to pray for this or I'm going to be reminded of this um, and and use this time in this way that's really good and hopefully if you were listening today our wanderings today have been <laughs> beneficial to you and encouraging and helpful um, Hopefully they clarified some things for you, or if nothing else, uh, helped you see that, um, as Jay has said over the last several weeks, the goal is not uniformity, but unity. And so it's important to have discussions um, about, first of all, to clarify that it's not the essentials that we disagree on, but but matters of, of practice. And, um, and just what, I, I hope that it is a blessing to you to hear um, to hear a discussion like this. If uh, if it raised questions, um, please don't hesitate to email us. You can email us at connect at faithpeshtigo.com uh, or go to the website faithpeshtigo.com and click on one of our faces um, and email us directly. We would love to hear your questions, your encouragements, maybe a story of how fasting has been a blessing to you and how God has used that to encourage or speak to you. Um, we, we love getting feedback from you guys. So thank you for listening and grace and peace to you. Mm-hmm.